Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we have a, you know, th- this 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 topic is is great. I think that, you know, I, I know there's a there, there was an executive order to to do this statewide, and I think this is a very very important topic that we're going to talk about today. And it's a wonderful um, addition to, you know, not statewide, but I'm speaking directly to us. It's it's a wonderful addition to our department, and that is to have Elizabeth Collins join our team. And I will let her introduce herself and talk about what she does. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on Field Days and talking about, I mean, what is a very, very important job that you have. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. I'm excited to be here. Uh, My name's Elizabeth Collins. I am the department's diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. I've been at the department just over a year, so about 13 months. Um, But I have been in state government for almost 13 years. Prior to coming to this department, I was at the Department of Education, and I did civil rights compliance work um, at that department. Well, it is wonderful that we have you, and uh, and I'm excited to talk with you a little bit about this. I know, you know, I've taken training. I've taken DEI training uh, this year. I think everybody, I think everybody had to, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was very it was very good training, and um, so I want to talk about, I guess, what your role is and why we have a DEI officer. Sure. So, I'm part of a network of what's called equity and inclusion officers. There is an equity and inclusion officer at every state department. Um, What that role looks like at every state department does differ. For some of us, it's our full-time job, which I'm very grateful here at the DOC that this is my full-time role. For some departments, you know, it's that extra hat. We all get hats sometimes. But I think it really shows the commitment of our department and from our director to this work um, and that it is a full-time role here at our department. The equity and inclusion officers like I said, are in each state department. We work very collaboratively. Um, I'm in meetings with that group all of the time. And we're kind of tasked with really trying to normalize conversations around um, equity and inclusion within state government and operationalizing equity. And we were kind of born from um, Governor Whitmer from Executive Directive 2019-09 that came out in 2019 that created these roles within state departments. Yeah, and that's and that's a good history of why you know why you're here, why other people you know doing the same thing you do are are across the state. But talk about why not only your role is important, but why is you know equity inclusion important in in the world, not only in state government but in the world. Equity and inclusion is extremely important in the world. I might be aging myself a little bit with this analogy, but I remember a long time ago when I first started college hearing the phrase that the world is flat. And if you had your training with me, um, I may have talked about this because I do touch on it when, I, when I'm the one delivering the training. But basically, the reason that dates me is because that's a concept that comes from the World Wide Web. But it's that we are connected with, every, with everybody globally in a way that wasn't the case even, you know, 25 years ago. And so um, as we are more connected in this world is flat concept, we are engaging with people who have differences from us. I like to say that there's no two people exactly the same in the world, but the reality is, you know, that each of us has 
certain core values or, or characteristics of ourselves that make us different from each other. And so it's navigating that space in which not only do you have, you know, the cultural humility and competency to navigate the, you know, flat world, but also that people throughout the world feel included, that they feel as if their opinions matter, their values matter, and that they are part of something. And so when it comes to thinking about state government or our role here at our department, you know, it's extremely important to create and have and uphold an inclusive environment. You know, it stems into everything. It stems into the way we work together as a team. It stems into innovation and new ideas when people can bring forward different perspectives. It also plays into retention. People that feel included and feel part of an organization, you know, tend to want to stay in that organization. And um, I know, especially here at our department, with how much goes into, you know, staffing and bringing on, for example, new officers and the robust training that they receive, you know, with that commitment we make to them, we'd also like to have that commitment for them to be here. And the way that we do that is to let them know that they're part of this organization, no matter what, what characteristics we have that are different from each other. You talked a little bit earlier about operationalizing some of these things. So for some of our staff, either in the in the field or, or in the facilities or here in, in the offices, what's something tangible or what's some way in which they may have come across this uh, over the last 13 months since you've been on board that maybe they don't realize is because of, of your efforts? Yeah, well, um, one thing that we did this year that was a big rollout was the diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Um, we did that to build that foundational element because it's very hard to move forward and, you know, you can't build a house without a frame, right? So we built that framework so that we're all on the same page, so that when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we all have a basic understanding. We also have that basic understanding of self-awareness. So obviously, in addition to that training, things that also have to do with, you know, my role and, and that at the department is really kind of highlighting. If you see the Monday, Wednesday updates or you check out the DEI SharePoint site, you see that we're highlighting staff members, you know, for who they are as individuals, not only for what they do, they bring to the team, but also how unique all of us are. Um, and we're doing things like that continuously. So um, you talked a little bit about what DEI is. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what it isn't, because I know, unfortunately, and I'm sure you've seen the same headlines, people, when uh, school districts or some uh, a new entity brings on a DEI officer, people think that it's something bad or there's, they, they attach something to it in a negative way. And I wonder if you could talk about, you talk a little about what it is, but, but what it isn't to maybe allay some of those fears. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to think about what it isn't, um, first of all, I mean... This is from my perspective, but sometimes when those negative things are thought of in the DEI space, it's because people are afraid that somebody is pointing the finger at somebody for, you know, historical marginalization that has occurred. And I don't believe that that is really in the DEI space. Obviously, in the DEI space, we do have to have conversations around privilege, you know, because that's just the reality of, of the world that we live in. But I don't believe in any way that DEI is necessarily the very intent of it is to be inclusive. It's never to be excluding someone you know, on a fear basis that, you know, they have these beliefs. Um, that's one of the hardest parts about when you go through the training is, you know, sometimes it can make people uncomfortable. And we, and in the training, we talk about how you have to begin to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. But the reality is, is that this is for everyone. You know, that phrase about like lifting all ships. I can't even think of exactly what the phrase goes, but DEI is, is not just for marginalized groups, right? It's not just about strengthening women or, any of that, right? It's for all of us. It's about creating an environment where all voices are heard and that 
And so when people come across with that kind of fear thought process, it's because they don't really understand what the intent is. They haven't really had the opportunity to kind of dig in or think about the impact. So this is definitely not about outing people or pushing people aside to lift people up. It's it's about bringing everybody together and putting everybody in an inclusive space. Well, I think that's really important to hear. So I guess for staff who are just starting to become aware of your position and, and maybe starting to see that you know, the training and some other things that are coming, what are some of the, the benefits to having not only your position, but also just having your fellow employees thinking more critically and understanding and having an understanding and a compassion and empathy in that space? How does that benefit not only your immediate workspace, but also just the department as a whole? It definitely, I think one of the biggest ways is it impacts the culture. Um, and the climate, right? If people feel as if they're, you know, belong and are included, then it sets a tone. It creates, you know, not only are, you know, we are a team where we all belong. So that's definitely one of the biggest ways that DEI work uh, affects the organization. Also, you know, I know I've talked a lot about kind of about um, DEI in the space of us as colleagues and working together at the department, but we are taking DEI into our customers, right? So obviously our customers are offenders, families, friends, and that's going to be happening this year um, where we'll be having some DEI work um, directly with the customers that we serve. And hopefully that will, you know, not only increase the culture and climate, you know, on our side as employees and colleagues, but also in the interactions between us and the people that we serve. No, I think that's really that's really good. So some of the things that people may have seen already, aside from the training, are some of the events uh, that, that you put on each year. Uh, and I think so far this year we had a, a, a live, I think, a Teams event for uh, Black History Month, and we did one for uh, Women's History Month. Can you talk about maybe those programs and what might be in store in the future? Yeah, I single-handedly believe that we have the greatest opportunity, not only as corrections employees, but just the state of Michigan employees to engage in DEI space through through the events like you've mentioned. So we, as equity and inclusion officers, the statewide level, we work together in collaborative teams across department collaboration on creating um, events what's based around the inclusion calendar. So those are the, you know, nationally or federally recognized months, and our governor also recognizes many of those months here in Michigan, um, where we plan events that are meant to be not only educational for people that are not part of those groups, but also uplifting events for people who are part of those groups. So, for example, next month will be Hispanic Latinx Heritage Month, and that will be an event that all correction staff have the ability to participate in at the statewide level, and we... Also, like you mentioned, we do um, a few events specifically here at Corrections um, each year. But even if you can't participate in those events live, because they are done live, um, you have the ability to check them out as recordings. Brianna and Chris are great at taking those events that, um, that we do at that statewide level or that we've done here. And either if they're a Corrections event, then they get put up on the YouTube channel. And if they are a um, statewide event, then uh, we link to those in the Monday, Wednesday um, updates and on our SharePoint site. So they're accessible. And those are just wonderful ways that people can engage in professional development or learning opportunities that are 100% free to them and very laid back. Um, If you do participate, you have the option to ask questions of the facilitators and the panels. And so hopefully, you know, what I would love to see is every corrections employee make a commitment to attend at least one or two of those this year, either in the live fashion or make sure they go back and check them out. I'd love to see participation in all of them, 
But um, if people could commit to going to at least some of those, that I think that that will help in creating that cultural awareness here at the department or strengthening that cultural awareness here at the department. Yeah, no, I agree, Elizabeth. And I think, uh, you know, I've, I've, I attended, um, I've, I've attended them, especially the, the Women's History Month, I thought was, you know, very powerful. And I would encourage everybody to attend at least one of those events too. But if staff do want more info on this stuff, where do they go to get that? So we do have a DEI SharePoint site that is dedicated strictly to diversity, equity, and inclusion. We do run things in the Monday, Wednesday update, and there is a DEI section there. And also, the equity and inclusion officers do have a statewide site as well in SharePoint. It's called My DEI. Um, that's where the streams are of all of the past events. And also, um, if you check out the State of Michigan Good News, the SOM Good News, there's also a DEI space within there and learning moments that everyone can engage in. That's awesome. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for um, coming on Field Days today to talk a, a little bit about your role and really the importance of equity and inclusion. I think, you know, it, it is important and I think we need to think about this and, and have a conversation about it because sometimes you're right, it is uncomfortable. And these conversations are important and I appreciate you coming on here and hopefully this is the last time you come on. Hopefully we can, get, we can get you on here again to talk about, you know, where we're at with, you know, equity and inclusion and what, what we can look forward to and uh, and just have a conversation about it. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on Field Days and talking about it. Yeah, no problem. I do want to mention that over the next year, we're going to really see a big push in the DEI teams. So we'll have the steering committee formulated. And then within each work site where we should be having a DEI team. Um, so I know that year one was really built on that foundational element, really about, you know, just bringing awareness and cre creating that training. But we're going to see a lot of action in this next year. And I'm hoping that all of us can dig in and really take advantage of it and, you know, create a very inclusive environment for all of us. Great stuff. Thanks again, Elizabeth. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, Chris, but I found that very informative, you know, to learn, you know, what the DEI officer does, the role that they play in the department. And I think, you know, the role that which, which, what she's talking about is super important in any organization, not just, you know, corrections, but, you know, equity and inclusion is is a very important topic to talk about and to continue to talk about. So I hope you learned something today, Chris. I, I hope you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you did, right? No, absolutely. And I think it's really important, like you said, for everyone to to know that we this position exists in our department, that it exists, you know, around the state and all the other departments. Because like you said, for every organization, every business, it, these are the kind of things that are really important to have a focus on and to talk about. And eventually they just become ingrained fully in your culture. But, you know, this is a way to start uh, to get that kickoff and to get people on that in that frame of mind and uh, an understanding of these issues and their importance. And so I think it's really great. And I think Elizabeth is a great ambassador. It's just great to see some, a new person to the department who's excited about the work that they're doing uh, and has that motivation and that drive. And I think that's really important in a position like this. And I hope that people listen to this and take it hard and, uh, you know, find a way to fully embrace, you know, the, the, the work that she's doing and, and see the value in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate Elizabeth coming on and hopefully this, this isn't the last conversation with her on this podcast. But, you know, are you going to are you going to, I guess, tease next week's episode? I know there's a lot, a lot, a lot of especially FOA people who are super curious about, comms and, and where we're at, where, you know, where we're headed, what timeline we're on. Uh, you know, a lot of FOA staff have been trained recently on, on phase one of the rollout of comms. So I guess that's the tease right there, right, Chris? If you want to learn more about this, tune in next week because we're going to have a an all comms podcast, right? Yeah, if you wanted me to tease what the episode was, you probably shouldn't say it. 
what it is, but we're going to have to work on what, what teases are. So, yeah, yeah. Tune in next week to an episode about something. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's comms. He, he blew it. Yeah, it's about comms. He blew yeah, it, it's comms. Like, you know, I'm not, listen, you're, you're the comms person here. I'm not. I'm not skilled in this area, clearly. So, let's just say it. If you want to learn more about comms and where we're at, stay tuned next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays.